My name is Katie Bulmer. I'm a former heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who found out at the age of 23, a cute boyfriend and hunch punch won't actually fill my broken places. Shocker, I know. It turns out there's only one savior. After this realization, I met a youth pastor turned financial genius, unlike any frat boy I ever dated. So I married him. Together, we have mentored teens and 20-somethings for over 15 years. We've learned a lot of the common themes, struggles, and ways we can help. So we're doing a podcast. Here it is. I am so pumped about this episode. Imagine me on the other side of this microphone, jumping up and down and perhaps doing a cartwheel. (laughs) I've been known to be a little enthusiastic. When I had this whole idea of a podcast, the very first girl that came to mind is Carly. Carly is a girl I got to know in Georgia Southern when she was in college. I've seen her life take a total 180. She went from, well, I'll let you tell you all the details, but she has a crazy, really inspiring testimony. And now she is married to a wonderful guy and they have, they're just freaking adorable. You have to follow them on Instagram. But Oh, you're just going to be so excited. This girl has shared her testimony with churches all over the place and people just love her. And I think you will too. So here we go. My interview with Carly Anderson. Hi, Carly. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. I am a big believer in you can't be what you can't see. And as you know, I think that you are just a shining example of how to date well, how to be a Christian in this, you know, complicated world. And I just love you. And I want to share how you do all the things. <laughs> you're so sweet. I'm okay. So just a little background. I met Carly at Georgia Southern University. I was an, well, I was an advisor there, but I was just kind of, I don't know, Carly, a, a mentor, friend, come have coffee date with me and let's talk about how sorority girls can change the world. Um, yes. And that's how I met Carly. She was on board with the craziness ideas and just fell in love with her. We had Bible studies together and recently got married. How long have y'all been married? We have been married for almost eight months. Stop it. Still newlyweds. Yes. It's been awesome. And by the way, guys, you need to go look at her on Instagram because her and her husband are just model worthy. Stop. (laughs) So cute. Flattering me. Yes. Okay. But that's how I know Carly. And she just has an amazing testimony. But before we dive into that, Carly, who are you? Who are you in a nutshell? I am a 24-year-old girl, woman. I don't even know how to refer to myself these days. Yeah. Um, I'm married to a wonderful man. I'm a foster foster care case manager. Definitely my dream job. Um, I get to love on broken children and families every day of my life. And the Lord has just been sanctifying me through my job and my marriage every single day. I live in Atlanta. I'm just living the life right now. You're living the life. I'm living the life. And you grew up in Atlanta area, correct? I did. Yes. Okay. And then she went to Georgia Southern University, which is about four hours from there. And Mm -hmm. went back to the big city of Atlanta. Oh yeah. I find myself in the city all the time. I love it. 
Okay, so then just kind of diving into that a little bit more, part of the thing that makes Carly so amazing is the testimony of who she, how she became who she is. And um, just a little background, her testimony is so interesting. She got to share this at North Point Community Church. And, you know, testimonies are are broken, you know, they're hard, but they also form us and let us become who we are. So I think that Carly has a wonderful story. So if you don't mind, just kind of diving into who yeah. you are and how you got where you are. Yeah. I'll share a shorter version just so we can, Okay, I won't bore you guys. No, um, so grew up in a Christian ish home. My mom was Christian. My dad was Jewish. My mom was a very faithful mom and, you know, bringing us to church every Sunday, but we also attended Hebrew school every other Tuesday and every other Sunday due to the fact that my dad was Jewish. So it was just, it was a really, I mean, from the beginning, it was a broken home. My parents ended up getting a divorce when I was in the fourth grade. From what I remember from my childhood, because there's not a whole lot that comes to mind, but I just remember a lot of fighting, a lot of hurt, a lot of covering up that hurt in my end. I really felt like I had to be the strong one between my brother and my sister and I. Going into middle school, you know, I was entering into this stage of just this bitterness towards my parents because, you know, they broke up this family that was once I thought whole, you know, I found a friend group that I was having fun with, you know, started to do some drugs in middle school, started to mess around with some guys. I was just in my eyes, I thought I was living the life at that point. And so, you know, there was a lot of emptiness that came with it, but it wasn't until high school that it really took a toll on me. Um, in high school, I got into a really bad relationship this relationship was really abusive emotionally, mentally. I mean, just really unhealthy. I was, you know, drinking, skipping school, doing all the things that, you know, I thought were going to help me bury that pain, you know, that I felt like I was hiding so well, but I knew that it was resurfacing every time someone asked me, are you okay? And that was the worst part, you know? And so in this relationship, um, my senior year of high school, I ended up getting pregnant and that was probably one of, you know, probably one of the worst and most defining years of my life because I was alone in that season. I hadn't told anyone. I hadn't confided in anyone until I made the decision to get an abortion. And I shared that decision with my sister who, you know, she really stuck by my side and um, tried to comfort me in any way that she could. And that, I mean, that was just really, really hard going into college with that kind of burden, not healed from it, still not a Christian, still, you know, holding on to this hope that things were going to get better, but I didn't know how that was really hard for me. So going into college, you know, I, I, it was funny because I, I wasn't a Christian, but I was praying that God would bring me Christian friends for some reason. Like how ironic is that? So I get into my freshman year and get plugged into 80 pi. That's the sorority that I joined. And you at? Yeah. In college. And I started attending connection church at Georgia Southern, which is where I was saved. Totally like call my college years, you would think everyone was terrified for me to go to Georgia Southern because they thought that I was going to just spiral downwards all over again. Those were the most defining years of my life because I found the Lord. 
I found really great friends. It's where I met my husband now. And it's just where I saw the most sanctification and growth in my life because God had healed me from what happened to me my senior year of high school. He had provided me with friends that helped grow me in ways that I never thought I could. It helped me find my worth in him. It was just really, truly like, I think literally life-saving for me. So that's just, that's a little bit. That's, I hope that covers. No, oh my gosh, it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I love what you talked about, how people thought you'd go to Georgia Southern and fall off the rails and it has a reputation of being a party school, but you know, you you find what you're looking for, right? You know, some people would go to New York City and say, it's rude and terrible. Some people would go and say the magical lights, you know, it's just what you're looking for. And I love it how you also mentioned praying for Christian friends. When I met Carly, I tell them all the time, I would have been such a different person if I would have had them as friends when I was 20. Like these girls, just amazing, good hearted. And y'all have such a great friendship, you know, you and Ashlyn and Danielle and just so many wonderful. Yeah. Kind of, Fast forwarding a little bit, you mentioned your abortion story and you felt very alone and stuff, but I know the, I guess the after version of that, when you decided to share your story. So mm-hmm. now you feel probably pretty comfortable about it, but I'm sure the first time you did not So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I guess it was, it was my junior year of college that I really felt the Lord pressing on my heart to share my testimony. I hadn't told my mom about my abortion. I hadn't told my dad. I hadn't told anyone. That was something that felt really strange to me that the Lord was, you know, really pressing on my heart to, you know, share this story. And so, you know, I wrote it out one day. I think I, I'm not going to lie, I skipped class. I went straight to the computer lab and I typed up my testimony on a computer and I sent it to a couple of my friends And, you know, they really affirmed it and were like, Carly, this is really, really powerful. Um, Like, I think that you should share it. So the next morning, I really, I mean, I prayed a lot about it, like a lot. The next morning, I shared my testimony with pretty much the whole Facebook world. And that was from, did your, did your parents know at this point? Okay. So sorry, I skipped a part. So I, I actually went home one weekend to tell my mom. And it was the sweetest, most like emotional weekend I think I've ever had because my mom had opened up to me that she went through the exact same experience when she was in college. And that was something that, I mean, truly like, I think grew us closer to the fact that like, she has complete healing from what she went through in college. She's just a faithful Christian. And the fact that like, I've never seen someone like just pray so hard for people. And that was something that she was able to do for me now that I had, you know, opened up to her about that. I told my mom that weekend, my dad wasn't as excited to hear about it. Um, just cause my dad isn't a believer. And so that conversation goes a lot differently. Mm. Went back to school, shared my testimony over like a blog or something like that. Got a lot of great feedback. I don't think I received any harsh feedback and people were, I mean, I was in tears, I think for weeks, just of the outpouring of love and not even, it's not even the, the love that's like, wow, thank you for sharing. It's like the, I've dealt with this. I've waited for people to share stories like this. Um, I'm so glad you found healing in this because that's what I'm waiting for. How do I get there? And that was what was so touching to me because it's like, 
No one who knew that all of these girls, girls in middle school, girls in high school, girls in college struggled with these kinds of experiences. And that was what was so powerful. Okay. So you had all of this just kind of outpouring of support and people kind of coming out from nowhere all because you were brave enough to share your story. I just think that's incredible. Did you, well, I guess you didn't know what, what were your original hope? Just, I guess people were affirming that you should need to share this, just kind of hoping to. No, literally. I think the only thing I want added, wanted out of it was complete healing for myself. I knew that in sharing this, because there was still burden in this and carrying this secret, which, you know, I didn't think sharing this was going to do anything for anyone. I just knew that for me, it was going to show people what the Lord had done in my life since then. And knowing that he is going to make use of what it was then out in the world for everyone to see. And I mean, when I say that God completely answered that prayer and, you know, complete restoration, like I'm telling you, it was amazing. Well, I knew you in real time when all that happened. I just remember sitting back, like just in awe and, and so, and so proud of this girl with so much bravery, because, you know, I think there's a saying, the gift of going first. And because you're brave enough to be like, Hey, this is some junk I walk through. People came out of the woodwork and was like, Oh my gosh, me too. Or yeah. Tell me how to be brave or, or whatever. And I just think that's, Oh, I just proud mama tears. Yeah, you're the sweetest. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Okay. Switching gears. You yes. kind of, you know, walked through all of this junk and then kind of became new freedom. Wasn't your blog called freedom? Oh. Something like that. <laughs> no, it was something like that. I don't, re- I don't remember exactly what it was. I remember the picture of her like in the field. With yes. her and it was such a beautiful picture of her just finding. Yes. Yeah. Finding freedom and this new hope and who, who she was in Christ. And then tell me about dating in this new creation world that you were in, what that looked like. Yeah. So before I became a Christian, dating was pretty much just a means of filling a void that was inside my heart. I was never the kind of girl that just wanted to date. Like I loved singleness. Singleness was fun for me. It was a fun season before dating or before becoming a Christian and after. But when I was dating... I just, I really, truly just was longing for that fulfillment in my heart. I had no serious intentions. I, marriage was such a far, that idea was so far off. Um, I really, I feel like I wanted, and this might sound depressing, but I wanted to find someone to love, or I wanted someone to love me because I really didn't know how to love myself. And that was what was so difficult because it was like, maybe I'll believe that person telling me these things about myself that I don't even know. And that truly I couldn't see in my, myself after becoming a Christian, you know, it doesn't just switch. It's not as easy as you wish it would be with a lot of accountability, with a lot of reading the word, a lot of learning from older women who date like you, obviously you pouring into me and telling me about your marriage. That was, that was pretty amazing. But I, I think that on one end, when I, when I became a Christian, I I wasn't dating a bunch of people. I was single for a very, very long time. And it was so sweet. And it was, I was diving into this deeper relationship with Christ that became so sacred and so fulfilling. And sure. I dated a couple people along the way. Um, but the difference in dating as someone who is saved is knowing that you love the Lord more than anyone you could ever date or marry. And also knowing that when you do find someone that is a Christian and you're, you know, you guys are dating, it's knowing that that person loves God more than he loves you. And that's what's sweet about dating. And that's what happened when I dated Jacob. 
and ended up marrying him. And that was the first time I'd ever, ever dated anyone that really cherished Jesus more than any worldly relationship. And that was so cool to see. Uh, so Carly was in our small group at this time. And I remember her. Yes. So <laughs> I totally forgot about that. That was oh so my, funny. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> and she comes in like, oh, show us pictures. And of course, they're both just so adorable. Oh my gosh. They're, you guys, they're just the cutest people. And I'm just in love. I, I can't say it enough. You know, you can't be what you can't see. And the media isn't doing us any favors by showcasing how to date biblically. Just kind of nuts and bolts. You know, you meet this cute guy. He meets this beautiful girl named Carly. Like, what does it look like? How do you date differently than what you see on The Bachelor? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, like you said, culture does not paint that picture well at all. And especially in the South, because everyone claims to be a Christian and that's what's so hard because you think that that's an example that you can look at and you find out that that's totally goes against everything scripture says. First off, just about like biblically, biblical dating is that God gives us a vision of marriage in his word. That vision is Jesus sacrificing his life for us. It's him in the church. And that vision of marriage should draw us to date with commitment, with sacrifice and without settling. And I feel like union and marriage is only found in Christ-like dating. And that's what I found when I truly dated biblically. And I'm not going to lie, there's nothing in scripture that talks about dating. And it's like, you're waiting that for God to just... I mean, you know, it, it talks about, you know, sexual immorality and the sins that come before marriage and stuff like that, but there's no rules. There, there's no rule, be, rule book for dating in the Bible. And that, that's, that was, you know, difficult to navigate, but I feel like what it looks like for Jacob and I to date biblically, you know, there was lots and lots of boundaries. Um, we had to be willing to make hard decisions and to pursue marriage the right way. I had to be very careful about not making our relationship an idol, you know, to, to remain consistent in, you know, reading the word prayer, making sure that my priorities were straight guarding my heart from. So it's funny. I read an article and I heard a quote that was really, really great. And it says, don't let your mind marry him before the rest of you can. And like, wow, can that apply to any girl in college who's dating someone? Because, you know, you get so ahead of yourself. You start to picture your life with them, your kids, what they're, what they're going to look like. And you really have to make sure you guard your heart from getting too ahead of yourself. Um, and then also just having that accountability and community to keep checking in on you and saying, Hey, how are things? How's your heart? You know, what are you struggling with? What kind of sin are you guys really facing right now in your relationship? So. Oh my gosh. I could not love this enough. I want to give you a microphone and like, just hear everyone. This is, yes, that is so good. Yeah. Okay. So going to get personal physical boundaries. You know, we say, well, I'm in a Christian relationship. I don't want to have sex before I'm married, but cute people. And when you get alone in the dark, you know, how do you protect yourself from, from these boundaries? How do you, the nuts and bolts of that? Yeah. So it's funny. I was talking to my mom about this last night at dinner. A lot of people, and even like when I became a Christian, I didn't understand, you know, the the Bible was new to me. I didn't grow up reading the Bible. Like I, the Bible was read to me, but my eyes were never open to it. And so hearing that sex isn't good before marriage, I didn't understand. I didn't know why, you know, God called, God commands us. It sounds like he's just trying to steal our fun. Right. Right. 
you know, setting those physical boundaries. It's what was really amazing to me is that I didn't even have to do that in my relationship. And that's one thing that stood out to me. Jacob, as a a godly man came to me and told me, I don't even want to kiss you until six months into dating. I mean, it was just, it was the craziest thing in the world. And it was like, I didn't understand it. I was like, there's no way we're going to go that long. But to see, it was almost like I was trying to reject him at first, like reject that idea because I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to a, a godly man setting these boundaries, trying to protect, protect my purity. And that was so special to me. And, you know, the Lord really protected Jacob and I, um, before marriage, we didn't struggle a whole lot with sexual sin, but when we, you know, when there were times that we felt like, you know, Hey, we really need to set some physical boundaries. We did. We immediately said, Hey, no closed doors, no hanging out alone. And that was really, I mean, that was, hard, but it was the responsible thing to do. And it was just that consistency, you know, and just, I was confident in knowing that Jacob was going to protect me from falling into that sexual sin because he loved the Lord that much. I don't know. No, I, I love that. I love everything about that. I believe that's how um, Christian dating should be. And right. I should kind of sit in the driver's seat when it comes to that, because we are kind of like, does he like me? Does he want to kiss yeah. me? Where do we go? You know, right. And him honoring you. And as you said, protecting your purity, that is yes, yes. And amen. Like that mm-hmm. is amazing. And I think that, um, more men need to, need to see that example. And I think that not that even guys don't even want to do that. They just don't know. Like it is right. under taught. It is under exampled. Again, you can't be what you can't see. And, and for Jacob to do that. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is what I'm talking about. You know, I, I was the same way. Brian, um, dated me completely different than any other guy I had dated and we didn't kiss for several months. And I'm like, I, I don't, what? Right. It's <laughs> what so weird. Like? I know, yeah. but it's so great. And like you said, you don't <laughs> put yourself in those situations and it, and it is, yeah. it isn't a struggle because right. you're not staying, you know, laying in the bed at midnight with less clothing, you know, you just exactly. don't, don't play with fire and you won't get exactly. So, exactly. Yay. Okay. Let's just switch gears to the end a little bit. This has been so fun just talking with you and just sharing. It has. Yes, just all these fun things. One more thing. How have you seen God kind of like come through with you? I mean, you touched on some of it, but like as you came out um, sharing your story of having an abortion and now just in this renewedness of a beautiful Christian marriage, like, you know, a story of how he's kind of just been faithful throughout all of that. Yeah. One thing I think that I've learned in my college years of being a Christian, there was sanctification there. There was growth. There was maturity. But I've never seen more sanctification and maturity and growth as a Christian until after I married Jacob. And it's so cool to see, to look back and see all of God's provisions over the years and to see how faithful he was in all of those things. And I think like that would have never came about unless I recognized my sin turned from it and asked God to renew me, to give me new strength, to continue on in this journey in dating in marriage and all of these things. And he, in just praying that he would meet me in those times. And so, I don't know, I feel like just knowing like, Hey, like I'm not getting this right. And you know, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. All right, Carly, this has been so cool. The closing question I want to ask you and all of our future guests is what would you go back and tell your younger self? 
So I think the really big thing, especially when I think back to dating as a Christian, is to never compromise the truth of scripture with being too kind and afraid to hurting afraid of hurting the other person's feelings, especially in dating. When I was dating as a Christian, I was I was in a relationship with a non-believer. That was emotionally exhausting for me. And it was nearly impossible seeing that in my parents' marriage, I knew that if that relationship went any further, I would set myself up for failure. Um, I wasn't honoring the Lord in that relationship because, you know, the other person didn't see the same values that I had, especially in dating and relationship. So it's really, I feel like with all of that time, and I don't want to, I don't think any time was wasted. I really don't. But to prevent all of that hurt, because that really does, I mean, any sexual sin before marriage is going to come up and that is going to affect everything. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, just, I wish I could have told myself, don't be too afraid to break up with this person that isn't equally yoked. You know, you guys aren't equally yoked. You guys aren't on the same page. You don't both value the same exact things. And I feel like that probably would have benefited me, you know, from having that extra baggage going into marriage. Girl, I cannot agree more. Yes. (laughs) Dear younger us, please listen. For real. Well, Carly, if everyone has fallen in love with you as I have, how can they stay in touch and follow all the things that you're up to? Honestly, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a place where I might be getting off social media soon. No, you can't. (laughs) So hit me up, give me a call. I love talking on the phone. I talk to people. I mean, I get girls messaging me on Facebook all the time still about my testimony. So love to chat. Um, I don't know. Find me at Carly Anderson on Facebook. Carly Anderson. A-R-L-I. Yes. So I would, I would just, I love to talk. So, okay. Well, Carly is just as awesome as she sounds here and very relatable. And just thank you so much for coming and sharing all the things. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, if you love this episode, well, I'd love your feedback. Head on over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast and leave a review. Reviews help us know what you love, what topics you want covered next, and help others to find us. Hey, speaking of which, if you have a friend in mind who could really benefit from today's show, take a screenshot, like right now, of this episode, share it on your Insta story, and give me a tag so I can thank you. I'm at katiebulmer.life, and we really appreciate you spreading the word. Thanks so much for joining us today on Truth For Your 20s.